Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Good afternoon, Midtown family. How are we doing today? All right, it is such a joy. Children, we miss you. We love you. We just give it up for the babies, everybody, and those who care for our babies. We love you guys and want to welcome all of y'all to the bubble. Doesn't it just feel a little bit more intimate? You know, when you just look up and all kids love bubbles, amen? So it's good to see how God wants to pop the world through us. That's, I don't know, maybe, does it work? All right, well, let's get ready to go to the Lord in prayer. I'm joyful to be here. I want to echo what Pastor Jay said. Y'all, there is power in prayer. I heard literally as he was preparing to enter into the MRI machine, this ministry, this church stopped and sought the Lord. When he came out the machine, Shannon describes to me as the doctor's eyes popped open because they could find nothing. That was the root cause of what our brother went through. Again, I say there's power in prayer. And can we thank God for a praying church? Thank God for a praying church. Well, I stand before you because I made a phone call on Tuesday to Shannon and said, Shannon, just call to see how your husband is doing. And Shannon went on to say, uh, he's doing well. He's sitting right here. I said, Jay, buddy, how you doing, man? He said, man, I'm doing well. I'm preparing to preach Sunday. I said, no, you're not, man. No, no, you're not. And Shannon was like, that's right. Tell him, Andrew, he can't preach on Sunday. You better tell him. I was like, wow, the first time I heard Shannon give me a preaching, uh, you know, encourage me to preach. I was going to preach the ball. And uh, he was like, no, man, I'm going to be all right. I got this Sunday. Shannon was like, his doctor's visit on Monday. He can't preach Sunday. I said, Jay, you tell him, Andrew. I said, well, Jay, you can't preach Sunday. And uh, he said, well, sound like I'm on the phone with my replacement. Well, that's how it ended up happening. So it is an honor, man, to be with y'all. I always say I love this man like my own skin. Uh, that's my brother, truly. Blood couldn't connect us deeper. I thank the God for we serve for a loving pastor, a man of God, and an incredible team that just led us to the throne of grace and worship. Can we thank God for our worship leaders, our ushers, our sound team, everyone who helps make this ministry possible, all of you. We are so thankful. Y'all know y'all are my family. So anytime I can come here, I jump at the opportunity. So can we pray as we get ready to enter the word of God today and see what he has to say to us? Amen. Father, I celebrate you today to just be here with my family. Thank you that you've called us today to listen to your word and put it into practice. God, I pray that you would meet us each where we are, that none of us would leave here the same. Lord, that's all I have to pray today. Not even our children who are learning in children's ministry, not even the instructors who are teaching. I just pray we don't leave here the same. May all of us have an encounter with you, the one and true living God, and may you give us the boldness to carry this word anywhere you take us, Father. So God, I say thank you for the time that we'll spend together. Incline our ear to hear what you are saying. May it be none of us and all of you. Holy Spirit, we are yours and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, may we all say. If you have your Bible, please meet me in Luke, the 19th chapter, starting at verse, 
1. Luke, the 19th chapter, starting at verse 1. And if you've been around the Bible a little while, I hear there's a song about this guy. They say it was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, and he climbed up a tree. That's kind of how the song goes. I didn't grow up hearing it, but most people who went to VBS did. And this story is about a gentleman by the name of Zacchaeus, and all we know is a short dude who climbed up a tree who had a dream of seeing Jesus as he passed by. My hope today is that we can take this story just a little bit deeper and maybe see if there's something for us in August of 2021 that God may want to teach us about the man Zacchaeus. Are we ready to get this party started? Yes? Starting at verse 1. I'm just going to read one verse, but I'm going to need you to help me finish it. It says, he entered, Jesus entered Jericho and was doing what, family? All right, that's it. See how easy it is? We'll get to the rest later. So next month on September 15th, me and my dream girl, my prime rib, will make nine years of holy matrimony. Nine whole years. We've been knowing each other 16 years, and I am thankful that we are still alive together. May the wives say, amen, we've made it. That sister has patience, amen. But five years ago, we had no children. We have a four and a one-year-old, and five years ago, she was pregnant at this time with our firstborn. And we decided that for this time of pregnancy, that we were going to take a trip to Memphis, Tennessee. So my wife, after she got herself pregnant, we decided that we would leave and take this trip to go visit her side of the family, all by herself, uh, side of the family. Now, Memphis traditionally is a five and a half hour, six hour trip at most. And for me, I'm going to keep it real. I'm passionate about arriving very quickly. So one of my spiritual gifts is to make it on a trip and get there as fast as I can so I can enjoy more time being there. Is anyone like me? Is that okay? So I brag, if I could be more transparent, about only using the bathroom once. If I use the bathroom once and make it, I let you know I did it one time and I made it, you know? So I'm very proud of that fact that I arrive at places fast so I can experience the joy of being there. Anybody still with me? Now, how many people know that God will test you in the areas you think that you are the strongest? And so my wife, who's now pregnant, taught me a lesson on that trip to Memphis. Now, I don't know much about science, not a doctor, but I did a little research. When women get pregnant, simple, there are certain parts that expand and there are other parts that shrink. Easy lesson. Little did I know it was the bladder that was one of those parts. So I'm like, cool, I didn't think about that before we left. Baby, let's just go. We get in the car. Memphis, Tennessee, I told you, was a maximum of six-hour trip. 12 hours later, real story. This is no joke. I'm talking every hotel, every gas station, anywhere that opened their doors with a toilet, we were there. We were there. And I'm traditionally the way you see me up here, this is the way I am. And I felt my blood in my hair because my record is being broken every hour that we are beyond the six-hour mark. And then when we get there, it was our anniversary. Sister said, oh, did you get me anything? I said, you're lucky we still... No, I got an Amazon ship something, so I did do the good husband part. <laughs> now, you're wondering, Andrew, why the story is for a reason. Because what I learned about myself is the most important part 
of this entire narrative is in verse 1. That what I love about Jesus is what is the worst part about me. I want to rush to get places. And if Jesus was like I was with my wife, we wouldn't even have the story of Zacchaeus to tell today. Read it again. It didn't say Jesus had plans scheduled to come to Jericho. It said Jesus was, what is it? Passing through Jericho. And if you ask me where the kingdom has become most ineffective, it's hashtag goals. That when the goals are set, it doesn't matter if the kingdom of hell rush at you, you gotta accomplish that goal. If you set a goal, high-level leaders know, you accomplish them. It doesn't matter who you have to step on. It doesn't matter what it takes. Whatever it takes to get there. Well, what happens if God just wants you to pass through? What if his goal for our lives is a little bit different from the goal that we had in mind? Don't we understand that most of the miracles we see Jesus doing happens as he's passing The woman at the well was not scheduled. You remember he said at that well in John chapter 4? That sister walks to Jesus and he takes the time dehydrated and all and says, woman, what you see today is living water? The woman drops her well and go tells everybody about this God that she encountered. Why? Because Jesus chose to slow down even though he was passing through. The woman, you remember her, caught in adultery. Jesus is minding his own business, but when they bring him this woman caught in it, he draws his finger in the sand and says, he who's without sin cast the first. Well, Andrew, how did it happen? It happened as Jesus was passing through. And as we in the kingdom realize it's not about how fast we arrive, but how well we slow down as we pass through this life. One more time. In the kingdom of heaven, it will never be about how fast we arrive, but how we slow down as we pass through. Let me show you 1 Peter 2.11. Y'all don't believe me. 1 Peter 2.11 real quickly. Beloved, I urge you as what, church? Aliens. Come on, y'all. E.T., y'all remember him? If you're too young for E.T., Pikachu, aliens, strangers, people that don't live here, here it is, abstain from fleshly lust, which wage against your souls. If someone calls you an alien, it means this is not your home. So no matter how much you try to dress up and look like the world, no matter how much you acquire, this will never be your house. I don't care if it's the third house you built this year. And when you realize it's not your home, it changes everything about how you live. Because at that point, everything you have is so you can pass through, slow down, and bless those that God has put in your life. This life we are in is measured by how we pass through. Are you with me so far? A lot of meat in verse 1, amen? Now let's talk about the wee little short dude. Keep going. Verse 2, a man was there as Jesus passed through by the name of Zacchaeus. Watch this. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Next verse. 
He wanted to do what, church? See who Jesus was. We're going to pause. For some of my Bible scholars, this is the only time in the Bible, in verse 2, the words chief tax collector is used. You're not finding any other passages where someone is defined as the chief tax collector. And if you've been around the Bible anytime, you realize that tax collectors and sinners are always used synonymously. Whenever you see tax collector, you're going to always see sinner. Well, Andrew, why is that? Isn't a tax a consultant a great job? Of course it is. But when you live in a day where there's no FDA to regulate how much interest you can charge people, it becomes an issue. So tax collectors would traditionally, let's say, pay Rome 10%, but they'll charge a 50% tax and pocket the other 40. Now you see why everybody hated them. And when you didn't pay them their money, some were known to send people after you to get their money. They were not good people. So if you're robbing everybody, and he was the chief tax collector, of course you're wealthy. So now he has all the power because he's the chief. He has all the money because he's wealthy. Now you should be asking me, well, Andrew, why does he even want to see Jesus? All we're told we need in this life may be a relationship here and there. But what else is there to acquire besides power and money? Why would a man that's all-powerful, are y'all with me so far? I'm just saying it one last time because I'm a slow one. And why would a man with all the money want to waste his time seeing a little preacher from Galilee? <laughs> Listen to what Ecclesiastes 3.11 says. Y'all going to love this one. This is one of my all-time favorite verses about the human heart. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Here's your sentence of the day. He has also set eternity in the human heart. He has also set eternity in the human heart. So it didn't matter how much power he had, and it didn't matter how much money he had, because what all of us come to realize who've chosen Jesus is we have no answer for an eternity-sized heart. Hallelujah. So you can chase and chase and gain and gain and gather and gather, but you will never have a drop in a bucket of eternity until Jesus enters your heart. Amen. Back to verse 3. We're almost getting there. Y'all doing good. We're passing through. Verse 3 again. So he wanted to see Jesus was, but he had an issue. But because he was short, he had a height deficiency. He could not see over the crowd. Why couldn't he see Jesus, everybody? Because he was? Can I borrow you, young lady? Please come here real quick. I won't, I won't bite. Please come here. Come here. Come here. Yeah, hurry up. Give her a big hand. She is so bold. Come here, girl. Let me help you. What's your name? All right, big step, big step. Oh, there you go. Now, she's not short at all. She's really pretty tall. Can you see everybody out there? Yeah, can you see her? You see her? What color she has on white, right? Now, watch this. Can you see everybody out there? No. Was the problem his height? It's okay to say no. It's an open book test. Listen, what's the problem? I need to move. I like that. You need to move. Now look back at the text. But because he was short, he could not see over the... That was the issue. Give her a big... Oh, you want to take it? Go ahead. Go ahead. We, we got it. Go ahead. Go right ahead. 
That's important. That's important. That's important. Because all of our lives, we've been taught it was about Zacchaeus' height. I'm turning something theologically on his head and saying it was not his height. It was not his height. The problem was the crowd. Look at verse 7 real quickly. And we're going to go back. If you can help me, media team, give me the verse 7. Watch what the people are doing. Verse 7. What's the first word? All the people basically saw his and Jesus' relationship begin to mutter. Go back to verse 3 now. So we have all the people in the crowd that's muttering and complaining about Zacchaeus' relationships with Jesus. Now, this is where the pain of this text is, and y'all going to love me after this. I'm here to tell you that all the people in the crowd weren't criminals. I'm going to say all the people in the crowd weren't violent. I'm going to say that all the people in the crowd weren't people you're looking at on television who are being arrested for illegal activity. What if some of the crowd that was blocking Zacchaeus from seeing Jesus had just left church? What if some of the reasons people that are chief sinners can't see Jesus are from the very people who say Christ is Lord? What if I say to you that we live in a generation where people make multiple profiles on social media, which means they create more than one personality to show themselves as one thing, and on another page, there's another thing. And what if I say to you that many in the kingdom live a multiple profile life? That they come and they carry their Bibles, that they come and they sing, but when you profile them in different environments, we don't know who they are because they made so many profiles. And while sinners are looking for Jesus, they can't get to them because we're so crowded by people being sucked in by others who are muttering. Amen. This is the 2021 that we live in today. It's a multiple profile generation. That's the pain of this text. But Jesus says, even if all the people are murmuring, I still have a way for you to get higher. And Zacchaeus knew that the size of the hole in his heart were not going to be injured or stopped by people who were not walking with Jesus. I'm not going to let church hurt, home hurt, family hurt stop me from filling the internal hole that I need to be filled. And the next verse says it this way. So as a grown man, this is biblical culture, grown men don't run. And you know what those grown men don't do? They sure don't climb trees. (laughs) Don't just read this. Read this. Grown men don't run, and they certainly don't climb trees. But like kids say, you can have my money, you can have my wealth. I just want to see Jesus. And if this whole crowd has turned their back on me, I heard about one that will never leave me. I heard about one that will love me for me. I heard about one that will give me a chance to enter his kingdom. He's worth climbing a tree for. And he says, anyone who's going to enter the kingdom, picture it, must come as a little child. So at that moment, Zacchaeus didn't worry about what the crowd had to say. He didn't worry about what people were going to whisper in their homes. He just thought, I need to see the one that can fill this eternal hole in my heart. Zacchaeus runs. He climbs the tree since he heard Jesus was passing by that way. Next verse. And when Jesus reached, everybody say the, ah. 
I looked it up, it just means spot in the Greek, amen? I was hoping to find something powerful. I was looking for it. He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, my brother, come down immediately. I must not visit. We're good at visiting. Y'all know what I mean? I'm a good visitor. I like to visit. Especially if you cook, I'm visiting. He said, I must stay at your house today. Now, here's what I need you to point out. It says, when Jesus reached the spot, don't you all realize that all the people are muttering because there were some spots about Zacchaeus' life that they didn't want to enter into? Think about it. Stay with me. All these other people are standing in their spots muttering. They're standing in their spots gossiping. They're standing in their spots complaining. They're spending in their spots laughing and making jokes about Zacchaeus. But the Bible says Jesus entered the spot. How many people know that God will step into places in your life that nobody wants to enter into? There is not a spot in your life that God will not stand in. There's not a situation or circumstance that God does not want to be in in your life. And not only will he stand in the spot, the Bible teaches us that his blood will wash away every spot in your life. So maybe I don't know what it means in the Greek, but I do thank God that he'll stand in those spots. There is no darkness about you that he does not want. Now, look at verse 7. This is what the church, verse 6, this is what the church really came for, 6. So Zacchaeus, when he heard Jesus say, come down immediately, Jesus wasn't playing, like, I'm ready to stay at your house right now. It says he came down once and welcomed him. This big G word is the biggest word of the text. Say it with gladly. Can you smile and say it one more time? Gladly. Another word in the body of Christ I think we need to recapture. We are not doom and gloom people. We are not lemming suckers for the glory of God. Like, that's not who we are. Zacchaeus understood the one who's now staying in his home is worthy of joy. He understood the fact that Jesus, plus he didn't have any more friends, but that's beyond the point, you know? He, he knew that the one who had entered his life was worthy of celebration. Amen? I, I wonder sometimes what happened to us with this make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Like, what happened to us in the way we talk about the kingdom and we talk about the reality? The reality is that this Jesus said, I must stay in your house today. He didn't say, I need you to go get yourself together. Oh, no, he's the one that stands in spots. He doesn't say, get it together. What does he say? That while you are still sinners, Christ died for us? Is that not worthy of gladness? That while we feel like in certain environments, we have to dress a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way, God knocks that out the field and says, I want you this way. I don't need you to try to fix it anymore. I don't need you to try to figure it out because that would take away my power. My job is to fix it. I don't need you to heal yourself. I'm a healer. And the fact that this isn't a magical kingdom, which we get excited over, I'm talking a real kingdom. The, the, the magical one is a figment of imagination. The king of glory says, I must stay with you. The spiritual reality is Jesus didn't come to visit. He came to stay in our houses. 
Because we're all just passing through. And now that you have Christ, if you believe in him, as we all have agreed to for the most part, you know that he now stays and he brought some furniture with him. He brought love now that he lives in you. He's brought joy now that he lives in you. He gave Zacchaeus joy when everyone around him was against him. The fact that God was in his house gave him gladness. He's brought peace now that he lives in you. He's brought patience now that he lives in you. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. We have something to be glad about. Media does not dictate our mindset. The one who lives in us and greater than the one who lives in the world. Zacchaeus welcomed him gladly. How do you welcome the Lord today? How do you welcome the one that stood in that spot and welcome you just the way you are? I'm talking the king of glory, y'all. Amen? The maker of heaven and earth, he's, gone, he's in you, he's in me. Now, y'all read verse 7, so I'm thinking, okay, the church celebrating, man. Everybody excited. Chief tax elected, got Jesus in the house. Let's see what happens. Nope, church complaining with everybody else. <laughs> I'm sorry. Lord, I love the Bible. I'm sorry. I really do. The Bible is so real. Church, man, we got you. Let's throw a party. It's baptism time. Like, ain't nobody baptizing. All I know is this dude done robbed us. How can we ever forgive him? Like, you know, he done took my time, money. I ain't forgiving that chump. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's what they were saying, but I could imagine it. All these people are muttering and complaining, and their complaint is Jesus has gone to be the guest of a sinner. What in the world has happened to us? Because unfortunately, these aren't something I think is only done 2,000 years ago. I can hear this right now. What are you doing associating with those kinds of? You wouldn't even be able to fill in the blank if it wasn't real. You shouldn't be with people that's like that. This is what we were made for. That's why you're passing through. The Bible says in Peter again, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise and coming back. He wants all people to come to repentance. The challenge is not sinners, it's our priorities. Sinners are ready. Sinners are waiting. But it's the crowd that's keeping us sucked into a lifeless lifestyle. No, you let your light shine before men. We don't even have a bunch of light-up parties in here, amen? I can't remember the name of that little light thing growing up. I wish I could remember. We, 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 we can't have light-up parties. Our lights were meant for those who don't know God, and the church had lost focus on who we are to be the guest of, not just the guest of each other. We want to be the guest of sinners, Amen? We want to be the guest. Jesus was known as a friend of sinners. So now God is doing his job, but the church is right there with the crowd, tweeting about it, murmuring about it. Can we not be those people? Amen. You have my blessing. Go be the guest of some sinners. But just don't participate in the sin. Hallelujah. All right, let's see how our kids respond. Now, this is perhaps one of my favorite things. For some of you who have, um, I guess, the best holy way. Verse 8, oh, we got verse 8 coming? 
Um, that's my quote. God, well, go back to the quote. You were doing right, my sweet sister. You are so wonderful. Here's my quote of the day. God will come to you exactly where you are, but loves you too much to let you stay that way. God will come to you exactly where you are. Tree, dirt, mountain, valley, doesn't matter. God will come to you exactly where you are, but loves you too much to let you stay that way. So now him and Zacchaeus are rocking together, and let's see what happens in the next verse. Church ain't celebrating. Sinners ain't celebrating. Everybody's against Zacchaeus. And now here's where the short-tempered people are going to be blessed. You don't have to tell who you are. Don't raise your hand. Don't blank at me. I don't want to give you up your identity. Um, This is for the short-tempered people. But Zacchaeus stood up. Now here's the thing you got to realize. Stop reading the Bible without putting yourself in those shoes sometimes. If everybody is murmuring against you, do you not stand up and at least tell at least one of them about themselves? <laughs> do, do, do you not at least stand up and say, man, who do you think you're talking to? Like, like I know what you did. Man, you was just with, like, like, do you not flip out on at least one person? Don't say amen. I'll take it all. Like, don't give up who you are. I will. Don't even laugh. Don't laugh. I keep telling y'all, don't give it up. They might figure you out. But I was like, man, how did he do it? How did he not at least sock it to one person? Just one, not all of them. At least let some of them go, but at least let one person know they down bad, you know? And this is where the Bible got real for me. I saw in this verse healing for marriages, healing for relationships, healing for sibling rivalries, healing for coworkers and colleagues and bosses. And I saw healing in this one verse. So if you are short-tempered, highlight this verse in your Bible. Now, Zacchaeus was just short and not short-tempered. But Zacchaeus stood up. I don't know how much of a difference that made. And watch this. Said to the, please say that with me one more time. Zacchaeus stood up without addressing one individual who was talking against him. He stood up and went to the How many people know that is the solution for broken relationships? Because one Lord is more powerful than a crowd of enemies. You talk about prayer. There's not many greater examples that I see in the scriptures than this prayer right here. While all eyes are on me and everybody's against me, I'm not about to let my character suffer because of a crowd that may not know the Lord. I'm going to go before the Lord and see what he would have me to do. And when he's looking at the Lord, he makes a simple decision and says, Lord, exclamation point. Zacchaeus was passionate in this time. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. Woo! I'm going to bless the people that's cursing me. I think the Bible says that. I'm going to bless those who persecute me. I think the Bible says that. I'm going to pray for those who insult me. I think the Bible says that. Because when you look at the Lord, you have power greater than yourself. And now the crowd is watching Zacchaeus bless them as he gets cursed by them. I love this book. Because he never took his eyes off of the... 
He's not done yet. This is my favorite part. And if I have cheated anybody, now I want to highlight here, the brother did cheat. He was still being delivered. So his prayer is a little bit off. It ain't if I have cheated. That brother cheated. I just want to let everybody know he was still being delivered and learning how to pray. All right, y'all missed it. That's fine. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. I give half of my possessions. So Zacchaeus' prayer was a little bit off base because notice if I'm a pastor as I am and Jay is a pastor, normally if someone says I'm giving half the tithe, half the money, we're saying welcome, brother. We'll use it towards missions. Jesus said, wait, Zacchaeus, the only thing that matters today, salvation has come to your home. In other words, your money cannot fix what's been broken. The same salvation has come to you also can come to them. And we have spent so much of our lives, some of you holy believers in the Lord with such beautiful hearts, thinking you have to fix everything you broke. If God called you to do that, then you would never have a life fulfilled in Christ. Paul never tried to fix Saul. It's not our obligation to try to make right the things that we've done. Yes, repent. Yes, apologize. But you can't live a life of beating yourself up for all your whole errors. Just know salvation, Zacchaeus, is what you need. You need to know that your soul is saved. You need to know that I have a relationship with you, and together we will live this out together. So do not spend your life trying to fix what you broke. Spend your life walking by faith and not by sight. So please today, if you're here today, if you're a fixer, I don't know where my fixers are in the house, you are not meant to fix it. We have one doctor and he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He says, it's not the righteous who need a doctor. Zacchaeus, I'm your doctor. Now here's the good part. This is where we end. Zacchaeus, by the way, you know at one time, we're almost there. That's an early quote. I'm gonna get to that. Go back up to that verse for me. By the way, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to the house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. This is perhaps the most confusing verse ever. What does this have to do with a dude climbing up a tree? What does it have to do with him staying with us? What is this all about? And then I thought about it. I pray that this make y'all glad when you hear it. Do y'all remember Abraham was this guy who was known as the father of all nations? It was said that through his seed, which was Jesus, that all nations will be blessed. Some of y'all may remember this. And my offspring shall be as numerous as the stars, and the offspring will be as numerous as the sand. And it hit me. I thought the whole time that this dude, Abraham, was 2,000 years ago. What does he matter? I said, wait, I always thought this story was about a guy climbing a tree to see Jesus. But if Zacchaeus' story dates back to over 2,000 years ago, this is your punchline, don't miss it. God planted the tree because he knew Zacchaeus would climb it. There you go. God planted the tree because he knew Zacchaeus would climb it. How many people here today are thankful for the trees God planted for you to come higher from where you once were? It was never a coincidence where God has brought you and where he's taken you. It wasn't ever random of where God 
met you when you walked with him. And for someone here today, it's not random that you are sitting in this church and God has planted a bubble so he can have your heart for all eternity. The final verse simply reads, here's what we bring to the table. Zacchaeus, I don't need you to fix it. What does that next verse say? Zacchaeus, before that, that quote you had up for me, my sister. Zacchaeus, I don't need you to bring anything to this table. I don't need you to bring your money. I don't need you to bring your wealth. I don't need you to bring your intellect. I don't need you to bring your excuses. The only thing you can bring to the table of salvation is your sin that made it necessary. I don't need you to bring anything else. Just come broken and I will restore. Just come hurting and I will heal. If it's broken, I will mend it. Don't worry about bringing anything else, Zacchaeus, because today is the day of your salvation. I planted that tree because I knew you would climb it. I will make a way even when you look around and there's no other way for you. And then he gives us the final verse, which are these words. Verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. As TC and the team comes forward, I believe that this is the perfect mission statement for our lives. If y'all could do me a favor, if you forget everything else today, please remember this. Verse 1 and verse 10 is the mission statement for every follower of Christ. We are all just passing through to seek and save that which was lost. We are all just passing through to seek and save that which was lost. And if y'all could join me for the third time, we're all just passing through to seek and save that which was lost. I end this message with Jesus' words to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down immediately, for I must stay at your house today. If I could explain that verse spiritually to you, I think there's some of us who try to climb that tree for ourselves. And the reason why Zacchaeus had to come down from the tree immediately is because the Bible says, cursed is everyone who hangs from a tree. In other words, Zacchaeus was the wrong man hanging from the wrong tree. That none of us were made to go to the cross for ourselves. None of us were built to take care of our own sin. None of us were made to take care of our own anxieties or worries, or shame. And all God is saying today is, will you come down off the tree? That tree was made for me. He was passing through Jericho to go to Jerusalem to die on that cross for our sins. But the good news is three days later, he rose from the dead, so our sins are forgiven. He's entered the spot, and we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. That's the gospel. That's what makes us glad. And if that's the element that's missing out of your life, is the belief that you have the power to climb that tree and storm every problem in your life on your own, that will never work because he formed you while you were in your mother's womb. So before you saw the light of day, the one who formed you also died for you. 
The one who formed you also rose for you. The one who formed you is saying, come down immediately because I want to die so you might live. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what makes us glad. And I don't know who's here today. You said, Andrew, that's the message I've been waiting for. That's the one that God brought me here for. We're going to worship at this altar, at the bubble. What better way to start this school year than to come down off that tree and let Christ rise in your heart? He wants to live in you and take you places that not even your dreams could dream of. But it all starts with running. <laughs> Running away from any and everything that you made up your mind, you need it more than you need him. Can I say that again, family? It all starts with running. I'm talking repenting. Running from anything in your life that you have believed you needed more than him. Running from multiple profiles, amen? It is hard to live two lives when you're one person. It is hard to live two lives when you are one person person. He has a spot for you. And today he wants to cleanse those spots. So I'm just here to say today is the day of your salvation. He's not saying fix it. He's just saying come down. He's not saying repair it. He's just saying come down. He's saying do it immediately. So we're going to start singing and worshiping and you come do business with God. At the end of this service, we're going to play over our children and families for the school year. But I'm thankful as we prepare to pray. You can put your head down and bow with me. I'm thankful for a God that will stand in our spots. I'm thankful for a God that when he passed through, he wasn't anxious to get to the next location, but he slowed down. I'm thankful for a God that didn't just come to visit, but he came to stay. And I'm thankful for a God who came to seek me and to save me. And as we worship, can we worship with gladness that this same God, last sentence, will never leave us and never forsake us. The altar is open. Let us worship, church, in Jesus' name. Amen.